What is going on, breadheads? Breadheads. How are we today? Good? That's great. Eric and I are excellent. <laughs> we are so ecstatic because we just got off the phone with um, an amazing guest. Uh, more on that later. Ty, how are you doing today? Oh, I'm feeling great. I just had some espresso courtesy of Sukasa. <laughs> it had some good head on it and uh, a bottle of San Pellegrino in my tum tum. I, I couldn't be happier, Eric. I'm fluided up. Full tank. <laughs> Full tank. Let me just get another glass of this Pelly going. Can you uh, pour on mic? I love the sound of that, dude. I dream about that. Me too. Wow. So what's what's good, Eric? What have you been, what have you been eating this week? <sighs> oh, man. Not much. <laughs> um, I just had maybe one of the best Japanese meals I've ever had. Um I went to Sushi Hill on Friday. I had a little date night with Bay. Nice. Um, I've been browsing the Michelin Guide as like a source for trying new restaurants. It's the only list that matters. Like I don't even look at my Spotify Wrapped anymore. Yeah, I mean Spotify Wrapped is for the past. Mm-hmm. The Michelin Guide's for the future. You know what I mean? Hell yeah! But um, yeah, it's great. It gets really expensive if you do it that way, but. You can't go wrong also. So you get what you pay for. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I went to Sushi Hill. And it's like a really small Japanese spot. You haven't been yet, have you? No, but I know the spot. I've walked by it from time to time. That's right. Um, basically, what happened was I let the chef immediately know that it was our first time. And uh, I kind of just like let him cook for us. And he was like, don't worry, I got you. I'll give you a little bit of everything. All, all of our classics. Not to worry. Damn, you let him cook. I, le- I literally let him cook. Wow. <laughs> now, were you bar side? Were you overseeing him as you would a sandwich artist? Absolutely. I was on the other side of the line. Do they have a glass beer here yes. too? Hell yeah. <laughs> Little buckets, but fish instead of lettuce. I'll have to show you a photo because it's quite literally what you just said. Wow. Imagine if Subway had more than one type of fish and it was like Michelin quality. That's mm-hmm. what I was sitting in front of. Dude, I've, I've had my fair share of bar side omakase meals and... It is remarkable how similar the layout is to a subway. It's almost the exact same. <laughs> yeah, except they got more ice cubes. That's right. Um, yeah, Chef was really nice. I'm blanking on his name, unfortunately. But um, he was working at another place in Kits for like 20 years and then opened this place himself. Uh, Sushi Hill is the name. Um, basically, we started with like a bunch of small plates, um, including a soup with gooey duck. Oh wow, dude! <laughs> I have every time I see a gooey duck on the beach, I, someone will say to me, "You know, you can eat that," <laughs> and then I'll say, "Yeah, but I'm not gonna." Exactly. Nasty. So, dude, gooey duck—it's like, you, do you remember when like COVID just started hitting the internet mm-hmm. and like there was a picture of a girl eating a bat soup? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's like the, that's what I think of when I think of gooey duck. <laughs> yeah. So you're gonna get a novel coronavirus on Main Street, or did it slap? You obviously um, didn't. You're here. It now. obviously snapped. It was. It was incredible. Um, I mean, the gooey duck was like fine. Like it was just a lovely little addition to an otherwise great soup. Mm-hmm. Um, but I wouldn't say it was a star of the entire meal or anything. Right, right. It's kind of like that little bit of something extra to excite you about the dish. Like if it had like scorpion venom in it or Southwest sauce, you know, that's like the, the killer feature. But the thing is, it wasn't though. It was presented in like as if it was just a normal ingredient mm. and it wasn't this funny like seafood <laughs> you know what i mean dude if gooey duck doesn't want to be funny then gooey duck should change its name that is true mm, it needs a rebrand if, um, it, if it's going to be taken seriously food. <laughs> totally um but other highlights ty uni was an add-on for like almost everything hell yeah um i even had a 25 dollar oyster what <laughs> dude that is a little bit above market price i think at boulevard last month I, or last week i was paying Five bucks an oyster, five bucks a shuck. Yeah, dude. Usually places will do happy hour buck a shuck. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> this place is doing like $15 oysters. Damn, are they um, West Coast or East Coast? I don't know. Didn't even ask, eh? It doesn't $25 matter. and you just close your eyes and shuck them. Exactly. It was it was 15 to start and then I added the $10 uni um, per piece yeah. upcharge. It was a two-piece uh, oyster set. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You're not dressing that thing up with anything else, right? No horseradish is touching that shell for 25 bucks. Well, they dressed it for us. It was like some ponzu sauce. You know what I mean? Some mm-hmm. other um, 
really okay. thoughtful additions. Respect. Nothing too crazy. Respect. Yeah. If, if they're handling it, then I trust it. It's, Absolutely. it's when they give me the whole selection. They're like, you want to put some weird sauce or like yeah. some other creamy things. It's so annoying when they do that at Rodney's because you'll have like a dozen oysters, but then there's like 30 sauces. And yeah. you're like, I don't know which ones to not use. Yeah, what are the combos <laughs> that work or don't work here? Well, it's kind of like Subway. Like you end up with 50 sauce options mm-hmm. and you're like, I can only use two or else my sandwich <laughs> is going to suck. Yeah, and it, it's kind of stressful to be honest. Like it's my <laughs> least favorite part about ordering oysters is figuring out what to do with all of the mm-hmm. add-ons. But you know what? In um, in Croatia, we had oysters once and uh, we had inquired about the sauces and... <laughs> Obviously, the guy had laughed at me being like, what do you mean sauce? You don't need mm-hmm. any sauce. Lemon. Mm-hmm, I was mm-hmm. like, oh, okay. So just a little drizzle of lemon. And the oysters are so salty already that you didn't need any kind of Tabasco or any bullshit like that. Damn. It's all about reductive meals. More on that in the interview coming up. Exactly. Wow. Okay. So uh, what else, foreshadowing what else happened here? Sushi Hill. Um, let's see. They had a trashy bowl for a hundred dollars on the menu i'm sorry what's a what's a trashy bowl <laughs> like, chirashi. Chirashi. um it is basically a mixed seafood bowl of rice so like think of like a plain bowl of rice with all kinds of sashimi on top wow that um, sounds good sounds this like one, seafood medley literally yeah this one included assorted bluefin tuna nice uh a5 wagyu king salmon some marinated ikra, mm-hmm. uh, some gold caviar, and foie gras. I Damn. didn't. I did not purchase this. I, I had to. I pleaded with Bay. I was like, "Please let me order this <laughs> for myself." And uh, she said, "No way. It's not worth it." See, I'm sure it's worth it. Um, I will probably get it with you at some point. <laughs> I, I really hope so. So I like how you huffed and puffed and then wrote down the ingredients instead. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I was like, I'll take a picture for later. Okay. So we got bluefin tuna. We got canned tuna. That's basically the spectrum of tuna. Where yeah. do, like Subway is obviously on the canned tuna side, but am I missing any tuna here? Is there other, is there other tuna? Uh, canned tuna, bluefin tuna, Subway tuna. Mm-hmm. Maybe is directly in the middle i think it is it has to be it's not like a spectrum it's more like a triangle because i know subway tuna isn't quite a pure tuna there's also like grocery store sushi tuna oh that's like the kind of the starter pack for like right what's acceptable to be eaten raw yeah i don't understand the color of that tuna it's always like if tuna fish had a black eye (laughs) (laughs) it's always the one that got punched yeah um but yeah bluefin tuna is like super bright red and it's just amazing Damn. it's very very misleading good. name yeah well it's blue fin tie not blue meat yeah you're right you're right you're not eating the fins those go in the soup that's right um what else so yeah chef had set us up with kind of a little bit of everything a couple different soups um there was a oyster or no a clam there was a clam shell with like miso butter mm-hmm. that was really really good um never had also... a miso butter i don't like <laughs> exactly me so hungry now yeah same um last was... night we let the miso butter talk damn what else happened um oh there was a maki set which was just like a, an assortment of different maki pieces of sushi mm. a rebranding of the bento box very cool mm-hmm. and everything was presented in like its most beautiful form if you can if you can just imagine what that might look like mm-hmm. I, i'll show you Right now, the listeners won't get a visual of it. There's a chirashi. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it looks like a painting of a like a sushi platter. It's very nice. Yeah, there's a scallop. Mm-hmm. It's almost surrealist the way. Look at that egg roll. It looks like a cartoon egg roll. That's crazy. Everything was so cartoonishly delicious. Like yeah. that's how I would describe very it. Very iconically, what sushi I imagine being. Exactly. Like all the fish was just so plump and ready to be just put Damn. in my mouth. Get in me, <laughs> you, you plump little. Plump little guy. <laughs> exactly. And I had forgotten to take a photo of the oyster. I just immediately swallowed it. That's okay. Yeah. Wow. Um, that was kind of my meal. There was also a free dessert lined up in there because they had forgotten our order. Oh, that's nice. We, we had the chef put in an order for a dessert for us. And then the bill came and the, it wasn't on there. And then we were just kind of sitting there waiting for a dessert and it never came. So we inquired and then it came, but all good. It was free. I mean, I don't know if it was free. We just got up after that. Dude, I I have mixed feelings about the free dessert move. Yes, it's like a saving grace. It's kind of like the Hail Mary of the restaurant. They they know how to salvage a a bad situation with the free dessert. Well, it wasn't really a free dessert 
it was an order for a dessert that never got put on the bill mm. and then it never showed up. Mm. So after we had asked about it, cause they were like, we were like, Oh, I thought chef was going to do that for us, blah, blah, blah. And he's like, Oh my bad. And then it came after that. I see. And then we just never asked for a new bill with it on. We just left. Mm, so it was kind of a, uh, I don't speak. They don't, <laughs> they don't see kind of. Vibe. Exactly. If we just get up and leave, then it's probably okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there, there's definitely a, like a social contract happening there where everyone knows mm-hmm. what's going on and they're all okay with yeah. it. Yeah, everyone, everyone smiled and said bye and thank you. So yeah. I'm, I assumed it was okay. You know, it's like when the sandwich artist is a little flirtatious and they don't charge me for the guac. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Yeah, I know if what's going on talk, here. If you sweet talk the sandwich artist, then you don't need to, I don't need to pay. Yeah, dude, sweet onion talk right there. That's right. Um, What's new with you? Well, while you were dining at Sushi Hill, I'm assuming this was last Friday night, I was on date night as well. I think Friday date night is in the cards every week this year. Uh, I'm quite enjoying that as a ritual. I was at a French establishment au comptoir over on West 4th while you were uh, table side at the sushi spot. Mm -hmm. Um, No notes. Pretty. (laughs) Actually, I don't eat French food very often, Eric, because I... Uh, find there's nothing to eat as a someone who subscribes to vegetarian dogma. <laughs> That's right. um, yeah, you're right. I was because uh, I went there a few weeks ago and I told you about it and I wanted to kind of like recommend it. But then I looked at the menu and there's maybe one vegetarian meal mm-hmm. on or dish on each side. And it's always a mushroom risotto. But and the onion soup, of course. Of course. So, but the reason I ended up there is because of Crooked Dine Out Vancouver, the worst program to ever be offered in the history of dining in this city. Um, for the non-locals, Dine Out Vancouver is a celebration of restaurants where they offer a discounted three-course prefixed menu for anyone who walks in the door, but it's at the cost of they take away their a la carte menu. So you have to order their silly little airplane food dish. <laughs> Yeah, I'm personally against Dine Out. Mm-hmm. Um, this is an anti-Dine Out podcast. Yeah, I mean, I'm usually pretty willy-nilly with my ordering. You know what I mean? Some mm-hmm. days I'll get three Appies. Other days I'll get two mains. I like the choice. That's why you did yeah. Subway. I like to look at the dessert menu sometimes and just put it back down. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I always love to take a peek, you know, a little light reading, if you will. You have to take a peek. You don't have to order, but you have to look. Honestly, in 2024, though, we are leaning heavy to the appy side of the menu. If you are ordering dessert here. Page one. Yeah, you didn't order enough appies. That's my rule. (laughs) But because of Dine Out, I uh, rejected myself from not one, not two, but three different restaurants that were all offering Dine Out and therefore no a la carte. And I'm I'm on an appy kick, so I had to keep going. So you... Walked into a restaurant, asked what's on the menu today, and they said, it's dine out. Yeah. And, and then you just turned around and left. Yeah, and then I, I dipped out. I mean, I respect that. Mm-hmm. Man knows what he wants, you know? Yeah, yeah, exactly. So I ended up at Au Comptoir. Uh, had a great meal. The bartender was very French, very funny. Uh, the crowd in there is really interesting. There was a woman in with a Chanel brooch and a Prada bag, just very eccentrically at the bar. Uh, mm-hmm. hit her... Uh, <laughs> Yeah, her compatriot was also quite eccentric, trying to get everyone shots. Uh, taking in the scene was fascinating because it was it felt like a class above what I'm familiar with on Think Fresh podcast. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I totally get it. Um, so what did you eat there? Yeah, great question. I, <laughs> I ate a, a, a salad, an ensalada <laughs> with some blue cheese and some poached pear. Was it the end, endive salad? It was. Good guess, good guess. Uh, quite, I guess. I'm familiar with their menu. Quite bitter, but I liked that. I liked a little bite. Nice. Um, and then uh, me and Bay split some rigatoni as the main, and damn, that thing slapped. No, no, sorry, not rigatoni, uh, risotto. I oh, ate okay. rigatoni at a dinner the next night. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> My life a blur. <laughs> Um, and damn, dude, nice. it, I'm not really a risotto guy because I'm so tired of seeing it on the menu. But that yeah. was the, some of the best risotto I've ever eaten in my whole life. That shit was so creamy, so craveable. Every bite had me coming back for more. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, I, I agree with you. I'm not typically a risotto guy. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the best risotto I've ever had was in Milan because mm, they're, they're known for their osobuco with a little saffron rice situation. Mm. Um, that was by far the best, but yeah, I don't typically order it. I find that it's a little bit too heavy. Yeah. Usually that's why the splitting of it was the move that really helped. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm a reformed risotto enjoyer now. I'm not going back. <laughs> if I see it, I'm copping it. Nice. 
Um, okay, so endive salad, risotto. What was another thing? That was it. We it. Uh, called it early because we had to get to another function. Oh, shit. Yeah, dude. Was this the wine bar activation? Yeah, the new wine bar in um, Vancouver. And, <laughs> uh, you know, it was okay. Speak on it. <laughs> I didn't mind it. The wine was good. I didn't really... I had some French, a French red and French white because I wanted to keep the uh, Au Francais vibes going. Yeah. Um, but I was too full to try out their snack selection by the time I got there, which would normally get me really excited as mm. an appetizer only guy. Uh, yeah, so that's point. I messed around with a few olives. They were pretty good. And then capped it with some carrot cake, which is a really interesting move to go straight from the very first <laughs> item on the menu to, to the, the last. very last, you know, wow. and capping it. Yeah. And those flavors really just do not go together. <laughs> yeah, dude, you, I had to swish it with a lot of red to like kind of cleanse the palate before jumping in. But nice. yeah, yeah, it was pretty good. Vibes are nice. Dude, I love a carrot cake post meal. Yeah. Honestly, one of the best desserts of all time, really. It is so. It is a chameleon of desserts because you can eat that for breakfast, for lunch, for dinner, late night. It's good anytime. Mm-hmm. I completely agree. Mm-hmm. Um, but how was the wine? Was it better than Fabric St. George? Oh, way better, yeah. Okay, Fabric St. George has got the vibes locked in, but they don't got the bottles. <laughs> <laughs> the bottles are something to be desired mm-hmm. over at our good friends at Fabric Season. Yeah. Uh, sorry, Fabric, but uh, we do like the vibes. We will still go back there. We'll uh, be there. For a glass of orange and to sit by a marble statue. And that's right. Uh, we were both there when they had the Christmas tree up. Mm-hmm. That was yeah, nice, nice, nice touch. And the DJ was spinning some tracks bar side. I was sitting right next to him. That was That's a cool touch. That's, that's probably the easiest, easy, easily the most impressive part of the decor is the live dj <laughs> yeah for sure and honestly it's a bad situation for me when the dj sets up right next to me after a couple glasses of orange oh, wine because you know i'm gonna start prodding him with questions so yeah play I, the new ice spice <laughs> yeah. you got munch <laughs> <laughs> i want to hear munch again <laughs> so yeah. get that get, play the leaked cardi yeah, the, exactly. the new shit that's not not released yet you got any leaks i, I pull up my thumb drive like check out my playlist do you see that reel or it was on maybe on TikTok where uh, somebody handed Dylan Francis a USB drive at the club? Oh no, and they gave him a virus? No, he plugged it into his CDJs and it was just like a it just said fart sound with reverb. <laughs> and then he played it. So I mean wow. I think it would work if you had a USB with you that had some good tracks on it. The DJ at this bar was spinning vinyl though, which was mm. way more impressive, but means you have to bring your own vinyl if you want to play or something. <laughs> I'm not usually packing vinyl in my trench coat. But kind uh, of the move could be the move though to like keep a uh, Astroworld 17 inch <laughs> in the trunk. Yeah dude. We're we're gonna melt down right now. <laughs> yeah. oh, that's crazy. Just to whip that out and ask if you can like throw it on. Dude that's so funny. To just pull it out of your bag and be like, yo bro, can I tap in? Could be the move. I brought my own crate. We're not really like <laughs> Like, I mean, the more efficient thing as, okay, as a DJ, do you leave airdrop on? Cause you're yeah, you listening gotta... to performing. Like that's just like kind of the public discourse for an opportunity. Like people are just throwing you wave files all night. Then. Right. I mean, that's kind of smart, but I feel like it's frowned upon to interfere with the DJ's pre-recorded mix. <laughs> you know that's mean? a good point. That's a good point. Most of them are just playing, you know, the two hour mix that they have set, saved in their iCloud. Mm-hmm. Um, so any song can't really be added. It has to be added to the front or the back. Right. So unless you're airdropping before the set starts, you're not getting, you're not making the cut. Exactly. I mean, it would be interesting for someone in the audience to like have the BPM of the song currently being played and the key that it's in and mm-hmm. then just send the perfect song at the right time. You know what I mean? Mix into this. It'll be good. Trust wow. me. Wow. That is a pro DJ move. Very respectful. Mm-hmm. You have to be a better DJ than the DJ performing to pull that off. Totally. Um, That's like when I tell my sandwich artist more lettuce. It's like, trust me, I'm the artist here. Mm-hmm. Uh, last time I asked a DJ to play a song, it was Kerwin Frost. <laughs> and uh, he played some 10K cash for me. So that, wow. was, that was fun. That's really funny. I held it up on my phone like a little teenage thought i was like play 10k cash <laughs> <laughs> notes app open exactly it was wow. actually snapchat i had written it in handwriting <laughs> i've done that move before too. <laughs> usually it says play kanye and then the bouncer politely escorts me back away from the booth yeah shortly <laughs> after that my friend threw his drink on the ground and <laughs> nice. we got both got kicked out uh good times good times um, why are we still talking eric to each other when we have a potential three-way conversation oh we have the most 
iconic three-way conversation happening uh, right after this. Um, we have the one of the top chefs in the world, Ty. Uh, yeah. It's Giuseppe Posteraro. Mm-hmm. Uh, others call him Chef Pino. He opened the award-winning Chipinos here in Vancouver Dude, in 1999. This place has got more accolades than Think Fresh has episodes. There, Chipinos is top 50 restaurants that are Italian outside of Italy. It's best restaurants in Canada every year. Tre Forchetta um, from Gambro Rosso. They're in the Michelin Guide for Vancouver. Even their wine program has received a bunch of similar recognition. Absolutely. Like, this guy is legit. This guy is like maybe the most esteemed Italian in Canada. Yeah. He, <laughs> yes. <laughs> our guy was even knighted by the Italian government. That's that's how good of a chef this guy is. I mean, yeah, he's one of the best conversations this podcast has had. Mm-hmm. We're absolutely honored to call him a friend of the pod. Mm-hmm. And um, he's also, you might have seen Drake eat there. Mm-hmm. He, whenever Drake comes to Vancouver for a show, he make sure to tap in with Chef Pino as well, mm-hmm. um, usually after hours. But uh, yeah, uh, Chef Pino's first caught our eye when Eric dined there last month and uh, noted that the restaurant flooring is very similar to Subway's <laughs> tiles. So, <laughs> yeah, uh, the tiles felt very comfortable and, you know, I felt like I was in the right place when mm-hmm. I when I saw it. And that somehow ended with us in a absolutely beautiful conversation with the chef about what it means to create Italian cuisine in a post-Italian cuisine world. In all the way across the pond over here in Vancouver. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, here's uh, the interview with Chef Pino. Enjoy. Mm -hmm. Ciao. And, um, yeah, we're super thrilled to have you on. Appreciate the time. Yeah, we're so grateful. This is super exciting for us. We're both big fans of the uh, Chiopino establishment. Well, anything I can do for young chaps that they have good intentions. So, <laughs> perfect. Appreciate it. Um, so, as you may know, uh, our po- our podcast is mostly about Subway, the uh, fast food restaurant. I'm curious if you have any experience with visiting Subway, or if um, maybe you I avoid. To, it. I used to. I used to when I was younger. Okay. I, and I, I used to like it. I like it because I like the fact that it's it's a warm sandwich that you can do it. To specification the way you like it. Yeah, that's what actually attracted to us to it as well, because we felt like it gave the power to the person eating the food to play a role in how it was created. We thought that was really fascinating and unique. I will phrase it a little bit different, not the power, but the, <laughs> the right of choice. Yes, that's a, that is a better way to put it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's interesting because you're right. There is very little power when you eat at Subway. You're kind of at the mercy of whatever ingredients that they choose. And I'm sure uh, as a chef, you're putting tons of thought into the ingredients that you're sourcing at your restaurant. Yeah, normally what I do, I look the, at the fridge where they have fresh, where it looks fresh. And mm-hmm. I, I, make, I come along and make my own sandwich. You know, my, yeah. favorite, uh, my favorite sandwich would be a warm sandwich, all wheat bread with uh, turkey, lettuce and tomato and a bit of Swiss cheese. That's it. No dressings, no special sauces, no hidden sauces. <laughs> wow, no sauce. That's that's wild. So what is what is it about the sauceless sandwich that really gets you going? You know, it has to do with uh, a cultural... Uh, background right i'm italian uh, proudly and i'm canadian proudly uh, mm-hmm. in italy you go to an amazing uh, uh, fast food uh, restaurants let's say in a highway in italy they are auto grill they are called and they make you a beautiful sandwich with fresh bread and prosciutto mm-hmm. so to have a prosciutto sandwich or a mortadella sandwich you don't need uh, a sauce or a dressing mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So in North America, you know, for example, here I make a great calamari, fritti, you know, mm-hmm. that I serve only in the true tradition with lemon wedges. Mm-hmm. And some, in the old time, people come on and say, oh, can I have a dipping sauce? Well, you're not supposed to have a dipping sauce, especially in mayonnaise, because it makes it much heavier. Uh-huh. Yeah, how could they? You know how could I mean? they <laughs> <laughs> interfere no, with that? No, 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 uh... <laughs> I, don't, uh, I don't antagonize them. I, I, I make it for them, but I, I explain to them, 
I had a gentleman last week, I said, try it before with the lemon, and then I make the sauce, and then you try it. Mm-hmm. And then he says to me, oh, you were right. They were delicious the way they are. You know, because the majority of the time, when they use the calamari fitti, squid, they are frozen, they are mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. overbreaded. So they need something to lift them up. Mm-hmm. If you have good ingredients, you don't need anything. And when you bring heat on a bun, you, you, you melt the cheese, you have the turkey, you have the moisture of the tomatoes and the lettuce, you don't need anything else, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Bellissimo. Wow. I totally get that. It's almost like most of the time, at least as a home cook and when I'm at Subway, every decision I'm making is additive in order to almost make up for a, a bad decision I made earlier in the process. And maybe the first bad decision was sourcing the wrong ingredients or making the wrong combination selections. And then when you get to the sauce, that is a trying to erase everything you've done already. Correct. And I think it's uh, in the true essence of Italian Mediterranean cuisine, less is more. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well said. Less is more and the quality of the ingredients go a long way, Correct. right? It speaks for, Correct. speaks for the entire Correct. meal. Oh, that's amazing. Beautiful. Uh, speaking of less is more, Chef Pino, we had to ask you this question while you had you on the line. We noticed that uh, a common theme with chefs of your caliber, which is that they tend to have sleeve tattoos on both arms, but we noticed that those sleeve tattoos are absent on your arms. Do you want to walk us through why that is? Maybe because I'm an old chap. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm an old... Uh... I'm an old guy. I don't know. I mean, uh, again, uh, tattoos are meant to be meaningful and uh, they are part of traditions. And when I was growing up, my mom never told me to to ink my skin. Mm -hmm. And I understood her point because, uh, you know, tattoos uh, originally except for traveling around the world and they have a mean, meaningful impersonations or many other things. You know, whoever had tattoo when I was growing up was somebody who was either in jail <laughs> or he was in the war. Mm. Right, right. You never thought about that. You know, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, in, I guess, more modern times, especially in North America, it's pretty ubiquitous like you now see it it, became, uh, it became a fashion right exactly it a fashion. Yeah. and i have very respectful my kids they have tattoos mm-hmm. i am very respectful of their tattoos i mean i personally don't don't like them on my skin but it doesn't bother me and i don't think it makes me a different chef because <laughs> no. i don't have tattoos definitely not it's probably what makes you stand out more than anything <laughs> The, uh, it's interesting to think about them as fashion, though. I, I was actually thinking about before this call about the relationship of food to fashion. Both Eric and I are quite invested in that space. Um, curious about how you think about trend in food and how you navigate the tradition of Italian cuisine while trying to evolve your menu and appeal to that kind of trend side or just even like thinking about the future of food. Well, uh, I think... Canada has at the moment uh, a very healthy movement. Uh, and, uh, you know, I have always been a trendsetter, even if it wasn't voluntarily, and not as somebody who followed trends. So we created a movement of very valuable young chefs that they can have tattoo or not tattoo, but they are very valuable, very talented. Mm-hmm. And uh, they are understanding that. The future of food is to deal with ethical issues about our soil, our mother nature, about the sourcing of the ingredients and about the handling of the ingredients, about the human resources of the people that we use in the kitchen. So uh, Canada is in an up and up situation, in my opinion. Mm. You know, there is a Mm -hmm. bunch of uh, female and male chefs that they are doing an amazing job and they really capture the essence of food in focusing mainly in providers, uh, farmers, uh, fishermen, and so forth. Mm -hmm. So the future, believe it or not, is going to go through, my opinion, 
towards whatever was old is new. Whatever we have abused the motherland so much that now it's time to gain back all the bad things that we have done and mm-hmm. make sure that we live in a happy planet. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I guess you can say that we um, see the same thing in fashion. Like it's kind of cyclical in that things that were popular in a long time ago are coming back or maybe it's just refreshing that we're doing less, um, you know, freaky stuff with like ornamentation or whatever. We're going back mm-hmm. to the traditional kind of values of food and emphasis on quality versus uh, maybe showmanship or or whatever it is. Correct. And, and synthetic synthetic uh, furs, mm. you know, versus real furs. And uh, you know what I'm saying? It's, it's uh, using, uh, you know, one of the people that uh, really leads the example, if you think about it, uh, you guys know Brunello Cucinelli, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. Brunello Cucinelli not only is one of the greatest designers in the world, mm-hmm. but is one of the most sustainable uh, I believe, without exaggerating, 80% of his uh, staff is female. And uh, he always sources staff that they are sustainable, that they are good for the people, that they are good for the environment. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Love that. So some, some, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Very often we live in a society that uh, we, we like to shock. You know, it doesn't matter if it's fashion it doesn't matter if it's food. It doesn't matter what it is. Even mm-hmm. music, movements, you know. Mm-hmm. It's about shocking, shocking the audience. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think we're getting too much. I think we are tuning properly about maintaining respectfully a peace at harmony what we are doing. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I think it's because, you, like, got- yeah, shocking is almost the like radicalized version of surprising and there's a need with very often violent violent yeah yeah often you know i remember there was a guy like a bully you know a great chef in uh, france in uh, spain Mm -hmm. that uh he was a genius but his genius gets so left that he wanted to shock his guests at the table bringing syringes bringing (laughs) <laughs> uh, you know, live fish uh, done in front of them. Mm-hmm. Not everyone has the has the stomach, and I don't think every customer should be brought unless he wants to be brought to speed to see how the process of a pig needs to be killed. Right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, you know what it is. In my opinion, I think it's the um, just like social media causes everyone to record things that ha- are happening in front of them. So all like table side activations are like preferable you know what i mean to like mm-hmm. for like, maybe a younger audience because they want to record it and post it mm-hmm. so like that's how you get like a salt bay yeah. going viral where it's like we don't really care for the food it's more about the like i don't know the spectacle yeah that's why boa steakhouse is making table side yeah, you, salads you, you are being gone it's a, it's very much like not an experience of food and service mm-hmm but uh, an experience of over-exaggerating table-side excitement posted in uh, social media. Right. Mm-hmm. So would but you... Some uh... restaurants, uh, uh, there are some restaurants in the, in the world, uh, China, Japan, Italy, France, you name it. They are a hole in the wall, but the food is amazing. Oh, oh I, yeah, I believe it. I believe yeah. it. It's hard to find, but... And then there is a... There is this chef here that he wants to make a 24 carat steak to justify to charge $2,000. I mean, technically, gold is proven not to bring any flavor. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Yeah. That's why they're not kicking my Subway sandwich in gold. Exactly. Exactly. No, but it's, 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 uh, as I say, you know, we we are uh, creatures that we want to, and I think we're getting it. We're getting Mm -hmm. it. And, uh, I'm saying, uh, you know, there is a very good, healthy movement of uh, uh, ethical chefs, suppliers in BC and Canada that is making us proud. Mm, so, so speaking of that positive movement, movement, um, what are some local restaurants that inspire you or maybe you just think they're really great and 
you know, your they're your favorite they're spots in the city. <laughs> of course. You take a restaurant like Hojo, you take a restaurant like Ninam, you mm-hmm. take a restaurant like Publish, you take a restaurant like uh, uh, Burdock and Company. Mm-hmm. Uh, there is a uh, Saito in uh, Toronto that is doing a spectacular restaurant. There is uh, uh, my friend Joel uh, doing a great job on uh, on Kisatanto, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. One of our favorites. There are so many, many, many restaurants that they are doing great. There is uh, Roger Ma at the Boulevard. There is like, doing a great job. Mm-hmm. I was you there know? last week. It was fantastic. And Eric and I shared a, a so, the most incredible omelet we've ever had at Kisatanto last month. We had to write a whole episode for this podcast about it. Yeah, it's uh, so. I mean, these are a few of the restaurants, and I don't want to forget anybody. But uh, all these restaurants, they are doing a great job. You know. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Absolutely. Are there any that? Um, you would consider enemies of Chipinos? Any restaurants that you think, oh, they, they got to shut down right now. We got to we gotta take their customers and put no, them out of business. We don't, we don't, I don't believe in that culture of having <laughs> enemies, no. Of course. That was a good answer, Chef. You know, <laughs> um, maybe a bit of a safer question, but let's say it's an off day. I don't, I don't, feel, I don't feel there is enemies in, the, in food because food is supposed to bring people together. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Of course. Brings Number me a lot one. of joy. And then I don't think uh, there is a competition because you are the worst competition to yourself mm-hmm. or the best. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Absolutely. Absolutely. Every day is a chance to do better than yesterday. Yeah. And uh, I mean, uh, you know, you take my friend Masayoshi, they used to work with uh, Tojo. He's doing mm-hmm. an amazing job. I mean, when, you know, food like music, you cannot be jealous of other talented people. Mm-hmm. You can't. Yeah, they can only act as inspiration, right? To improve what and you're motivation. doing or to change what you're doing. And motivation. That's right. And motivation. And potentially collaboration. Correct. So mm. speaking of uh, Tojo's, is it true that they invented the California roll? It is 100% true. Wow. wow. You heard it here first, everyone. <laughs> um, so It is 100% true. And uh, uh, Tojo, like uh, Michel and the Crocodile, they've been good assets uh-huh. For our restaurant, for our restaurant scene, but very Absolutely. often mm-hmm. be- because they are old guards, mm-hmm. they are forgotten. Mm-hmm. They don't get the same recognition they deserve in the mm-hmm. in the twenty twenty four. It's they don't enter necessarily in that fashion type of social media mm-hmm. exciting things. That you know what I'm saying? Absolutely. It's a, it's really a shame. Yeah. So what is um what is keeping you excited at work? Is it um like innovating within the kind of confines of maintaining the tradition, or is it something else? My food is about uh, tradition and evolution. So creating is very essential every day to to break the routine. And what keeps me excited is the interaction uh, with my customers and with all the young people that they they want to be here and. Uh, they want to be here and they want to essentially learn like sponges, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that's what keeps me going uh, still 14, 15 hours a day. Yeah, I love that. Got to get, um, elevate everybody. 100%. Very cool. Very cool. Um, I have a question for you, Chef, about your menu. Uh, I'm a, uh, how do I say this? I, I fall victim to the vegetarian dogma. <laughs> and yes. I'm curious if you think that tofu belongs in an Italian kitchen. I, I have I have featured tofu in the past in my restaurant. You have. I have Asian influence. Oh. I worked uh, I worked in Asia for two years. Oh, fantastic! So yes, uh, I put tofu in the menu uh, in a true essence of having uh, a vegan item that he came out to be 100% gluten free and dairy free. Uh, but yes, of course, I eat. Uh, if I order food and my wife had chicken spicy with, uh, let's say, peanuts and uh, uh, lettuce wraps, I have the spicy tofu. So, oh, you got my stomach growling there. <laughs> Speaking of um, your menu, your restaurant is named after the dish, the Chipino dish, right? Um, what it's inspired you? Actually, uh, I'm playing on word. Uh, my name is Pino. Mm-hmm. Uh huh. And it's a play on words that 
means Shepino, Chao Pino. Shepino, it means Pino is here. Oh. Well, yes. There's a, uh, a little yes. secret, secret there reveal. The there is the dish about Chopino, but here is a play on word in Central called Shepino, uh, which means Pino is here. You know, we call it Chopinos because the, the significance is the same. Mm-hmm. The meaning is the same. I love that. That's so cool. That is brilliant. Wow. Well, Chef Pino is here right now, live on pod with Think Fresh. <laughs> um, when I was there last month, Chef, I had the pleasure of trying the Chipino at your restaurant. And yes. I think it was the best one I've had. I've had it maybe a few other times at other places. Um, I noticed it was quite different than maybe the traditional the one that I was maybe Correct. expecting. How Can you explain you what's, are, what's you happening there? On. You are bang on. So since the name of the restaurant evokes as well this dish, mm-hmm. I wanted to create a dish that has a classical background, making the sauce like a bouillabaisse sauce, okay. instead, instead, which is a, a fish soup from uh, south of France, uh-huh. instead of uh, doing a tomato sauce like people normally do with chopin. Right. Mm-hmm. So there is depth. There is depth and there is layers of flavors because we make the broth with the fish bones and the fish heads mm-hmm. and saffron and many others and ingredients that give this amazing flavor. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And I noticed there was a beautiful little cracker in there with like a dollop of sauce. Is that the sauce that you're talking about? Yes, the sauce The sauce is called rouille. It's uh, an accompaniment made with uh, peppers and saffron. Oh, okay. uh, that normally they used to make it uh, and garlic. They used to make it in South of France for the bouillabaisse. Got it. Okay. Yeah, it looks really striking in the plate because it's like a bright orange color, and it actually kind of reminds me of the Southwest sauce at Subway. The way mm-hmm. it's just like super vibrant and yes. nice. Mm-hmm, a real statement moment. The entire dish is actually reminiscent of Italy if you think about it, because you have this beautiful, delicate facade, and then layers and layers beneath it. I think that's kind of cool. Do you guys know that uh, Chopino was not a dish created in Italy originally? We did not know that. Um, where, where is it from? It, it, California? It was created in the Bay of San Francisco. Oh, okay. Where the fishermen, the fishermen, they used to be majority Italians. They used to go out and fish, and at the end of the night, they used to chip in for a fish commune dish. Oh, okay. And then with the accent... I chop in. It means I chip in. Oh, no. <laughs> with, with the Italian accent. Wow. That's amazing. So this is, it's uh, kind of a faux Italian roots in that sense. Well, true Italian roots, but yes. not quite their soil. But, you know, that's what it is. Uh, people think the Chopino is a dish from uh, north of Italy, but it's actually from the Bay of San Francisco. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, this is uh, kind of relates to one of the topics that we were thinking of, and it's this Italian-American kind of genre of food. And I guess you can say like Subway is like trying to tap into that Italian-American vibe. Mm -hmm. The Chipino is Italian-American. What do you think of places co-opting the Italian brand for like just selling food in general mm-hmm. is it appropriation or is it like celebration celebration i think uh, i i think pretty much uh, if you think about cuisines uh italian chinese now japanese and mexican uh, are the widest one statistically to be successful even from uh, fast food mm-hmm. you know what i'm saying yeah we love salsa but look at the look at, at the difference you can have an amazing pizza there can be fast food mm-hmm. or you can have a shitty pizza and still think that it's Italian. You know what I'm saying? So, <laughs> There's a spectrum. Absolutely. Well, so there is that kind of spectrum. I think the best part is that it's, you have to eat food without prejudice, uh, prejudice. You know, uh, you, you, you know, you have to understand that food is very serious and uh, there is an audience. There is a cultural side. Uh, there is a, a, a route that it takes back to our tradition. So yes, Italian food is one of the most popular. So there are certain dishes that they belong to the tradition. And in order not to kill them, they cannot be bastardized. 
Mm-hmm. They cannot be changed. And then there are some other dishes that if you're a talented chef and you can have the inspiration of the Italian and the Mediterranean, you can still give your personal touch. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So right. here in my restaurant, there is a combination and a balance between roots, tradition and evolution and creativity. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yes. So you can find here, you come here every Tuesday and Friday, I receive fresh shipment of uh, fresh fish from Japan. Because I worked in Singapore, I make a curry sauce, Western style, to go with, curry, with lamb. Very cool. Okay. So food is not just who you are as, as a birth, but food is what you become traveling the world and mm-hmm. making human mm-hmm. contacts with different cultures. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, beautifully said. Yeah, I see it now as like a repres- it's kind of a two things happening at once. There's the history of whoever's creating it and their experiences coming together with the environment in which they are creating it in, which is the food that they were able to source in front of them that day or that the earth gave them in that place. And those two things are such variable, um, I guess, attributes that you could any, anything could, could come out of that. It's quite unique. So that's that's where we stand. Absolutely. Um, what you said earlier reminds me of a famous Anthony Bourdain quote where he said, um, in order to find a great meal, you have to risk a bad meal or mm-hmm. something like that. And wh- when you said that, when you have to approach food with without prejudice, it, it kind of remind me, reminds me of that quote because um, just exploring different cultures and traveling and trying stuff is the best way to connect with food and also the culture that exists in that place. Mm-hmm. Tony was a Tony was a very special friend. Really? Oh, wow. wow! We were friends. He's he's did one of my uh, he's one of did my all time favorite episode, people. Uh, did you guys see the episode uh, uh, in Vancouver? Yeah, it's a uh, it's fairly old. I think he went to Tojo's. Vigis. No, he came to my house. It was done in my house. And your house, of he course. He came to your house, of course, <laughs> Chef Pino. How do we miss that? It was in my house. Wow. So you two go way back. That's incredible. Yeah. Yes. No Reservations was called the show. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I remember. I remember very clearly now. And Tony and, Tony and I and the other chefs, uh, we clicked and we become friends and most immediately because... You know, there is no barriers. You can be mm-hmm. American. You can be from anywhere. Uh, you know, if there is that uh, fine line that ties people together about food, about culture, about philosophy, about way of living, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you click and you and you and you become and you become friends, and we become friends. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a lot of a lot of metaphor and meaning can be really distilled down in. A single plate of food so that's incredible that that brought that brings you together with him uh do you have any uh, memories from filming that episode that you want to share with us or of course of course it was a, it was a, you know an amazing event it was a, something that tony brought to vancouver as a gift there wasn't any catch he was truly taken by the vi- vibrance of food in vancouver Mm-hmm. And then uh, we become close friends and we're supposed to end up the whole episode with a barbecue. Mm-hmm. But it was raining a lot and my wife was away. So we shoot the event in my house. <laughs> just, cool. just the boys. Yeah, boys night. No, there was a, there was a lady that we invited. <laughs> At the time there was a lady that uh, Barbara Jo McIntosh Cool. That she did so much for the chef community. You know, we don't have anymore a independent bookstore for cooks. She was doing that. And she was bringing so many chefs and cookbook, cookbook authors to, to do these events. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's very cool. Very cool. Um, wow. She was there. Wow, Chef, you have so much experience that we'd love to <laughs> tap into, but I feel like we've probably used quite a bit of your time at 30 Minute Mark. How are you doing? I got to go back to work. <laughs> yeah, that's as, what uh, we figured. As we, as we speak tonight, uh, we have more than 120 reservations already. So 
Wow. wow. I have to go. I just finished making some bread and uh, making the chef's suggestions for tonight with the fresh ingredients we received. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm glad that I could have this chat with you guys. And I thank you for including me in your podcast. We thank you so much, Chef, for making the time for us. Is there um, anything you wanted to share with our listeners about Chapinos or yourself before we uh, sign off here? I would like to share with uh, with the audience and everyone to have an open mind when you go and eat. It doesn't matter if it's uh, a casual spot or is a sandwich place or a fancy place. Always have an open mind. Try to understand what they're trying to do. And don't be there just to criticize and uh, make yourself uh, an improvised food critic. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Beautiful words, Chef. Thank because, you so much. Yeah, I think we, we, uh, we're humans. We all make mistakes. And uh, the best part is that if we don't persevere in the mistakes and we correct them, it makes us, us very special. Mm-hmm. We have to rehab the human contact that we've got lost in the last three, four years of, or for obvious, obvious reasons. And mm-hmm. humanity has to become uh, uh, our main uh, object. Mm-hmm. So the food and the arts and the music and the kindness will arise as well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just like the salts, fats, acids, and heats, we all could just spend a little bit of time simmering together, you know? Correct, correct. And be more understandable of each other because... Uh, what makes the difference is us, is not our politicians or the people that they run these big corporations. Mm-hmm. It's us. It's us humans. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. It's less about who's right and who's wrong and more so about what are we going to start with? Is mm-hmm. it uh, the octopus salad or the yeah, what or the, or the burrata? <laughs> exactly. And uh, as I say, you know, it's very important to make sure that let's say you come to Chopino and you're vegan and you don't think that I have enough vegan ingredients, just ask the server. Mm-hmm. I will gladly make you vegan dishes. Amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, we will keep that in mind next time we pull up to the bar table for two. We're going to make that happen soon. Hey, Eric. <laughs> Absolutely. We'll have to, uh, we'll have to check in with you very soon and uh, we'll, we'll make our presence known so we can, Say hi in person yeah, and, and break some bread. Please let me know. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Well, thank Chef, you. Thank, thank you, you so much again time. for having us. Uh, we hope to uh, talk to talk soon. Ciao. Ciao. Thank you again. Grazie. Ciao. Bye.